Welcome to the Faith Cometh by Hearing podcast. We are so glad that you have tuned in. Romans 10:17 says, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Our calling is to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. We trust today's message will be a blessing to your heart. We go now to today's message. story in uh, 2 Kings chapter number 4, verse number 39, and it says, And one went out into the field to gather herbs, and found a wild vine, and gathered there of wild gourds his lap full, and came and shred them into the, into the pot of pottage, for they knew them not. Now let me explain pottage before we read our text verse. Pottage is like a stew. Okay? Now up here, Brunswick stew is what we call it. Y'all call it stew. Either way, the stuff is good when it comes out the pot. Amen. Now I'll go ahead and tell you that. And I've been blessed because I've got some uh, cups uh, that people have different ones that's broadest. And... Uh, now, they said that it tastes different, but I'm just going to be honest with you. I haven't been able to taste the difference yet. But I know this fall that Brother Mike and I are going to get together, and I'm going to go to some of them, and I'm going to eat it not froze. And I, I think I can tell the difference then. So look forward to that this coming fall when all the stews. But see, there's a difference between a pottage and a stew and a soup because the soup is loose. You have, you know, you all of us eat the soup and we slurp it and we go, mmm, so good. But a pottage, you have to use it and it's kind of like a little thicker. But look at verse number 40 when Elijah gives this warning and it says, And so they poured out for the men to, to eat, and it came to pass as they were eating of the pottage that they cried out and said, O thou man of God, there is death in the pot, and they could not eat thereof. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your goodness and mercy. Lord, we thank you for your word of God, how clear it is to us. But Lord, uh, we're seeing a movement today in the independent fundamental Baptist churches. Lord, we're seeing a movement where the churches and things are dying. And these new contemporary modernistic, legalistic, worldly churches are popping up and then there's their people are going by the, by the groves. But Lord, Jeremiah tells us in 6.16 to stay in the old paths and Lord, uh, and gives the warning there that the people wouldn't do it. But Lord, I'm not going to get off of the old path. I'm going to stay on it. I'm not going to worry about what the world or all these uh, ones that are out there in it may say. I'm going to stick with the book. I'm going to stick with my King James Bible. I'm going to stick with these old hymns of Zion. And Lord, I'm just going to stay and follow you because I'm committed, Lord, to what you have already set forth. I'm committed to what you've already done in the past. I'm committed to what you're doing here in the future, right here in the present. But Lord, more importantly, I'm committed to the things that you're going to do in the future. And one of them is... You're going to come back and get the church. You're not going to leave us here. And Lord, I'm committed to that. 
And Lord, I just give you the praise, honor, and glory. Be with the preached Word of God. May it be clear. May it be plain and understandable to all, Lord, to the ears that hear. And Lord, what we'll do is give you the praise and honor and glory for the increase. And Lord, I just want to thank you right now, Lord, for the decrease. And it's in the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. If you look at this verse of Scripture and it says, and they poured out to the men to eat it, and so and then they found out that it was it was poisonous, and so it was noxious to them, so they, they couldn't eat it. Well, let me just look at this uh, and give you a, a kind of a rundown. The, Elisha was the one that was talking in this, and they were in the land of Gilgal. And also, just to forward note, there was a school there that was for training and the, the training of the sons of the prophets. So this was an educational center, this, ta- uh, this area of Gilgal. At the time that we should note that there was a dearth going on in the land. The word dearth, which is D-E-A-R-T-H, which is nothing but a famine that was going on. Food was limited, and so they sent a servant out into the field, and his name is Gehaz, and he went out into the field to gather food that he could find. He found herbs, he found some other things that were growing wild, but then he come across something that was there. If you'll notice in verse number 39, it says that they were wild gourds. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. Some gourds that grow in the wild, yeah, you can eat them. You can take them, put them out and bust them, and the deer will come to them and stuff like that, eat them like pumpkins. But see, there's some gourds, though, that are poisonous. And this, this young man went out doing what Elisha told him to do. He went out. He saw, oh, look, there's gourds. And he gathers them up. He just didn't gather some. He gathered up a lap full and takes them back to the camp, shreds them up, and there we see that there was death in the pot. I want to give you some things today that are dying, in other words, killing the independent fundamental Baptist church across America. I'm not now some of you are going to say, well, he's just talking about this church. Well, I'm not. I'm talking about things that I see, things that I hear, things that I have been told by other pastors, things that that are going on in 2017. And I'm going to tell you something in just one month. One month from the day we'll be celebrating July 4th, right? Amen? Oh, me. Okay, there we go. All right, make sure we're here by myself. And when, and when we celebrate July 4th, I'm going to go ahead and tell you all some bad words. Summer's gone. Because when July 4th hits, just like a big rock going to the bottom of the swimming pool, summer's gone. Amen? And these things, church, are killing the church. The independent fundamental Baptist churches across America slow dead. Number one, respect for the man of God. This is dying today. You don't see respect for the people give to the man of God. They call the preachers by their first name. They say things and all this stuff about the preachers and stuff. But they never once give the respect to the pastor that the pastors do. Look, let me tell you something. He's got a broad set of shoulders and he's got a skin thick as a rhinoceros that's been dried and everything. But I'm telling you something. People say sticks and stones 
will break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Bless God, that's a lie from the pits of hell. Words hurt. Respect for the house of God is gone out the window. What do you mean by that? Yesterday, mowing the grass out front there, picked up a beer, a beer can, people tossed in the church ditch out there, right out in front of the front of the building. When I was a young boy, I'm 52 years old, when I was little, I'm going to tell you something, you never saw anybody throw trash out on the side of the road in front of the house of God. But I'm going to tell you something, today, that respect for the house of God is gone. Let me tell you something, they smoke and do all these things in the parking lot and they stuff, they flip their butts all over and everything. Let me tell you something, church, there's no respect for the house of God. This next one. Faithfulness to the house of God. Dying, killing the church today. NASCAR, football, baseball, soccer, basketball, all these softballs, all these things are killing. Let's just go, let's just go instead of going to church today. Now, let me just say this. What about, well, look, I ain't talking about people taking vacations and getting away and relaxing. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when you put up something that prevents you from coming to the house of God. Amen. Now, now Wednesday night, I realized in 2017, people work. I explained that as well as I could biblically from the Bible about working on Sunday. And, and, I, and I'm just saying that God knows that a man is or lady that is taking care of the household. God knows that and God honors that. It's when the person volunteers for more is when the problem arises. Now, I'm not going to walk all the way through that whole explanation. It was a long one. But I'm just saying that as where we are today. This next one, we see it more and more and more. Respect of the Word of God. People don't respect the Word of God anymore. That's why we've got all those other perversions out there. Amen? It's because of the fact that you get somebody that's up there that wants to water it down to meet their needs. So they say, we'll just come up with another perversion. Amen? The Word of God, all these different ones that are out there, I was over in Gullion's on, uh, on Friday. And I was in there and I was talking to the owner of, of the shop. and me, uh, I was talking to him about something that I was looking for and a resource, and he told me, he says, well, what you're looking for is hard to find. I'm going to see what I can do. I'll call you next week. And I'm uh, and this particular commentary that I want to get is like, like hen's teeth. And uh, so he's got some sources he's going to be pulling from. And, he was, and this lady comes in, and she says, can, uh, direct me to your ESV section. And I was standing there, and the young boy said, he, that was behind the counter, said, ESV, and I told her, I said, ma'am, you're in the wrong store. And she looked at me and she said, what do you mean you're in the wrong, I'm in the wrong store? This is a Christian store, bookstore. I said, yes, sir. I said, ma'am, I said, excuse me. I said, yes, ma'am. I said, you got to remember something. In Gullians, everything in here is King James. Well, the Bible's a Bible. I looked at her and I said, that's what the world would want you to know. I said, I'm not going to stand here and debate all the versions of the Bible out there. I said, but there's a true Bible, which is the King James, which is a whole rack of them right here. And I said, and then there's perversions that are out there that are not sold in this store. And she looked at me and she says, well, that's what our pastor uses. 
And I said, well, find another church. And I thought uh, Isaiah, he was standing there, his jaw dropped. But I mean, the thing of it is, is this, I'm the church. Now, my, I, I, it's the truth. This has killed the churches that are out here today. They've left the King James and they've gone to anything goes and they're out there and they're just floundering around. And I'm telling you, the King James Bible is the inspired Word of God. Amen. And with me, let me just go ahead and say it with my hand on my King James Bible. I will not debate it with you. I will not go ahead and listen to the, to the, the debate and the reason for it is, I can defend the King James Bible. I took the classes on it and everything, and I won't debate it with you because then you will get mad. So that's why I just got to the point at 52 years old, I've quit debating about the King James Bible. I just walk away and that just leaves it. Music in the house of God. Music. In the house of God. These old songs of Zion. Songs that tell a story. Lester Roloff says that if you can't preach at least three messages out of a, out of a gospel hymn, tear it out of the book and throw it in the trash. These are the songs that the church is supposed to sing. The old songs of Zion. This is what they are. Amazing grace that saved a wretch like me. Leaning on the everlasting arms of Jesus. All these songs. Trust and obey. There's no other way. All these songs, church, are what's in this book. Somebody had a had a had a had a drawing to get this book. Somebody stood for the testimonies of the songs that are in this book. Fanny Crosby's songs are in this book. Over eleven thousand penned that we know of hymns that she wrote. Or at, or, and and this this book it's got them in it. Some of them. That's what we stick with. Yeah, we can have all these big bands and all this stuff come in here and sing and whoop it up and everybody just have a grand old time. But the only thing it does is play on emotions. That's all it does. This next thing is what kills a lot of churches. And it has killed. Backbiting. Murmuring. Gossiping. Whispering. I don't like whispering. I don't like whispering. Reason for it reminds me of a church snake. See, in the King James Bible, that hiss that a snake does, that's whispering. That's the best thing you can give a church snake is kill it. Get rid of it. Meetings at the back door. All that's backbiting. Ethel. Did you hear what he said? While I'm at home on the telephone. Amen? That's what kills the church today. And I'm telling you something, it's dying a good death too. Just that stuff. Lack of concern. Yeah, lack of concern. Not only for the church... I'm talking about for people themselves. They got no concern about the things of God. They got no concern about the house of God. And most of the time, they got no concern about their own spirituality. Amen, preacher. 
It's the truth. No concern. Let me tell you something. We got to have a concern, church. Jude 22 says, And if some have compassion, making a difference. It's still in the King James Bible, bless God. Amen? The next one. Mom and dads in the home forgetting about the house of God. Let's go to the ball field. Let's go to the beach today. Let's go to the lake today. Let's go fishing today. Let's just go ride our bikes. Let's fly a kite. Let's get out there and jump over the moon. But sadly, I'm going to bust on this right here. Daddy leaving Mama to go for the woman down the road and leaving the home destroyed. Amen? Amen. Leaving the home destroyed. Look, let me tell you something. The woman down the road's got the same stuff Mama's got at the house. Let me tell you something. Let me me say, look, it's time that men stand up and be men and the ladies stand up and be ladies and let's start fighting for our home. Amen? Amen? We have got to get back to the point, church, where the home is not being under attack. And the reason the home is under attack is because the mamas and daddies refuse to bring the children to the house of God and then they don't have no concern about coming themselves. Let's just, let's just go to Walmart today. If you're listening, I'm busting on Walmart. Let's just go... Let's just go down here. What we'll do? Look, it's almost 12 o'clock. Let's go to Hardy's. Come on, kids. Let's go. We didn't go to church today? No, we're not going to go today. I'm taking Mama out to breakfast. Should have got up earlier. Should have got up early and carried Mama to breakfast. Then come on to church, please, God. This next one. Alcohol, drugs, and all kinds of rebellion and more is killing the church today. Outright rebellion. We see it in teenagers. They put their hands on their hips and tell us they're not coming to church. At my house, if I would have said that right there, my uh, my daddy would have whipped me. My grandma would have put... Matter of fact, I remember walking down side of Highway 87 in Mako like this. And I'm telling my grandma, I ain't going. And she's going towards the church and I'm coming like this right here. People come and blah, and then here's the sad part about it is waving at me. That's what they do. They would wave at me. And then on Monday on the school bus, yeah, my daddy saw me that we saw you going down the road, your grandma going to church, and you were walking sideways and she had you by the ear. Now you're on the school bus, you're already picked on. Look, let me tell you something. You're short, you're heavy set, portly, and you're wearing glasses, and you I'm already at the disadvantage, and here they are picking on me because I'm walking sideways with my grandma with my grandma having my ear in it, pulling me. But I tell you what, I went to church. And during hunting season, I made sure I done what my daddy said. I walked on the other side of the highway. Amen? Because it used to be all woods out there in front of the old old church. How can we fix this? How can we address this today and get it turned around 
for the glory of God. So I'm going to answer by the Word of God each one of these ones that I have listed. You're saying to yourself, is it going to be a long sermon? Y'all listen quick and I'm going to preach. Number one, respect for the man of God. What does it say in Hebrews chapter 13 verse 17? It says, Obey them that have rule over you and submit yourselves for they which watch for your souls as they, must, as, as they that must give account. I've got an answer for every single one of you. The Bible just says right here what I give you. That's why I make sure that my sermons are spot on, doctrinally sound, and laser straight. Amen. And it says here that they may do, do it with joy. Look, let me tell you something. Come up here and preaching the Word of God in this house is not a drudgery. It is an absolute pleasure for me. The reason for it is when I'm up here behind this sacred desk where the men of God over the years have stood, I'm standing on hallowed ground. Amen. Amen. Blood, sweat, and tears is what's paved the way for this dead. Look here, I'm looking at the varnish right here where it's rubbed off where the man of God grabbed a hold of it and shook it. Let me tell you something, church. It's an honor. It's a joy to preach the Word of God. And it says, and not with grief. I don't never have grief about it. Look, let me tell you something. When I preach a message, it is gun barrel straight right out of the Word of God. Amen. And it's what God has given me. For that it is unprofitable for you. See, that's the problem today. Preacher comes in and you can't tell him apart from the congregation. Shirt tail out. My grandma would have a coronary if I walked into the house of God with my shirt tail pulled out at meeting time. Hmm. Don't even want to think about that fly swatter that she had. But the thing of it is though, church, when a preacher preaches, he gives you stuff that you can use for your walk with Christ to make you stronger than what you were when you come in here. That's what it's all about. Number two was respect for the house of God. What does the Bible say? 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15 says, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. That word fear means have reverence. That's how you respect the house of God. Number three, faithfulness to the house of God. There ain't but one verse of Scripture that deals with that in the King James Bible. Hebrews 10, uh, 10.25 Not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together as a manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching, that day approaching is the return of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ who is coming back within the realms of glory to receive us into His self. There we can dwell in the house of the Lord not only for just a little while, but the King James Bible says forever. What a blessing. What a, what a blessing. Every time I think about that, I get fired up. I heard uh, on the 
I listened in the truck. We don't. I don't have satellite radio in my company truck. And I heard the other day a choir, probably 300 voice strong, sing what a day that will be. And they broke into the last verse in four-part harmony. It was tremendous. And I'm sitting in God's unchosen town of Winston-Salem. And I'm at the stoplight and I'm about ready just to jump out of the truck at the stoplight and just get out there and just have me a, a hallelujah shouting fit. Then the light turned green. And I'm thinking to myself, wow, that choir broke into four-part harmony. It was just unbelievable what a day that will be. And when they talk about what a day that will be, when my Savior I shall see, when I look upon His face, the one that saved me by His grace, I was just doing this right here with the with. I said, hmm, put this thing in park. I don't speed through the stoplight. Wow, what a blessing. Mm. But it says here, respect to the Word of God. Psalms 119, uh, 119 verse 11 says, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. But also, to hide the word of God, that means you're memorizing. And we're working on that on, on Wednesday nights. And those of you that are participating on the Bible memorization, I give you two thumbs up. Great job. The rest of you, look here. It's 1 Thessalonians 5.22. That's all we need to do is just... Little scriptures. Amen? But the Word of God tells us to study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the Word of God in 2 Timothy 2.15. So see, what we need to do is study so we can get the Word of God hid in our hearts. Now see, let me just, the world says, what am I going to hide in here? This is a muscle. It's got two jobs. First job is to expand. Second one, compress. Expand. That's what a heart does. It's, you're hiding it in your head, in your, in your mind. That's what it's speaking of here. It's hide the Word of God in your heart. But we also need to study it. That's why I'm trying to get another commentary. Because of the fact that way I have four to choose from. Can't never have enough study material. But finding it King James, it's tough. Music in the house of God. Hmm. Colossians chapter 3, verse number 16 says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Isn't that just precious to know that we're not singing for ourselves? Look, let me tell you something. Now, there's there's some professional af uh, singers here. I'm getting ready to say athletes. There's some singers here that are professional that can, that can record with no problem. There's some players of instruments here that could go professional with no problem, in my opinion. And see, and we're blessed to have them here. But see... When Brother Shelton gets up here, he said the same, almost the same words. And brother, you said it Monday. He says, I just want to give the Lord the credit. That's why the song that he sung, I believe that it just set the whole tone for the entire meeting was when he said those words and then sang the termite song. What a blessing. What a blessing.
The next one is backbiting, murmuring, and gossiping. Well, two verses come to mind in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse number 20 and 21. It says, For I feared lest when I come I shall find... Now Paul was talking here to the church of Corinth the second time. And he says, For I feared lest when I come I shall not find you as I would. And that I shall be found unto you such as you would not. Lest there be debates, envyings, wraths, strifes, backbiting, whisperings, swellings, tumults. And lest when I come again, my God will humble me among you and that I shall dwell. He says, shall bewail many which have sinned already. And I have not repented of the uncleanness and fornication of Leviticusness, which they have committed. He's telling the church there, look, stop this stuff because the Lord's coming. He's sounding a warning. The preacher said it Monday, when you get ready to say something about somebody, do this. Just clap it. You don't have to say it. Amen? I'm a negative person by trade. I was raised in a negative house. And after all these years, uh, I'm trying not to be a no no more. I'm trying to be a, a yes. But I'm still around the people that, and I love them so much, but they, they are the negative in my life. So when I, I've started doing this, I keep a cooler in my truck because I'm too cheap to go buy waters and, and drinks at the store. So I tried to be frugal, so I, I decided, I said, I'm going to do this. I decided this two weeks ago. Number one, I've slowed way back on my sundrops. Y'all continue to pray that I'll get strength because I love sundrops. Number two, I decided that every time I thought a negative thought or any time I think or uh, getting ready to say I'm going to choke the person in front of me but that, that slams on the brakes or pulls out in front of me, I keep a, uh, a bottle of water and I drink water. That way I don't say what, what anything negative. I don't say the words, I wish I had my trash truck. Mm. I just, when the bottle gets empty, I get to the next stop, I get another bottle and keep it there. You're saying, well, that's funny. I'm saying no. I'm trying to get out from being a no because that's what I became a no. I don't want to be a no. I want to be a Yes. I want to move forward for God's, uh, for His sake, for God's purpose. Lack of concern for the church. Psalms 122 verse 1 says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. My question is, when was the last time that you said that you were glad that you were getting up and getting ready to come to church? Mm, mm. Altar's open. Let me tell you something. It shouldn't be a drudgery to come to the house of God. It should be some. Look, I, I, Pastor Mark Ward instilled this in, in us when we were there. After I got saved, he says, you don't, you don't have to go to church. He says, you get to go to church. When you get to go, it's a privilege. It's a privilege. It's a privilege to be able to walk into the house of God and feel the air conditioner is not blowing right now. But see, the thing of it is, though, we get to walk in here when it was cool. Yeah, on Monday, when the power went out, it started getting hot, so we went ahead and ended it. But let me tell you something. Back in the day, that's how they met. 
No power, windows open, people fanning. Amen. And a leather lung preacher with a hand that long and with a finger twice as long preached the Word of God and he didn't care how hot it got. We need to get back to that. Maybe one day what we need to do is just shut all this off. Hmm. Maybe we just need to have an old-fashioned service, amen, where the people come and dress like they did back in the day, amen. That's coming. Mom and, uh, mom and dads in the home. Psalms 127 is a song of Solomon. 127 verse 1 says, They set the Lord build the house. They labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman walketh but in vain. It's on mom and dad's shoulders to keep the house strong. It's in mom and dad's shoulders to make sure that the kids that the kids are being not taught the right things and brought to church. It's mom and dad's responsibility not to say, no, no, I don't want to go. No, I don't want to go. You say, you're going to church because I was drugged. I was drugged to church whether I wanted to come or not. And I'm going to tell you something. I am so thankful that I had a grandma that had that type of concern. Amen. About me to bring me to the house of God. Sometimes down side of the road by the ear, she drugged me, but I went. What a blessing. If I can just do that one more time, I would tell grandma these words. Thank you. And one day, brother... Brother Shelton, I'm going to be looking at my grandma like we were talking earlier. I'm going to look at my grandma. There won't be no biscuit and chicken on the stove, but glory to God, I can tell her, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, grandma. I can't wait for it. And the last one. 1 Thessalonians is where we're going to find it. The last one was alcohol, drugs, and all kinds of uh, rebellion and more. Killing the church. The Bible tells us one thing simply in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse number 22. Abstain from all appearance of evil. The beer commercials on TV make it look so glamorous, but they don't show the wrecks on I-40 from the, out, the drunken driver. Amen? Let me tell you something. All these pills that people are taking and stuff like that, that the youngins are stealing to take them to get high, let me tell you something, it's terrible. This is in a, we're in a mess right now with prescription drug overdoses. Amen. Then, then a, a drug from the 70s is coming back with that opium and all that heroin and everything that they're out there. They're killing themselves for, for nothing. It's terrible. It's bad when a law enforcement officer is packing his pistol, his radio, his taser, and overdose medicine. It's terrible. But this is where we are today in 2017, church. It's terrible. There's some in the room that can tell you story after story after story about how bad this situation is. And let me tell you something, church. We have not seen the academic spike yet. And the reason for it is because of the fact that we haven't seen the glorious appearing of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. When the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, when He returns, let me tell you, it'll be at, it'll be at its worst. And I, do I know the time and the, and the hour? No, I sure wish I, I would. There's a bunch of people I know that need to get right with God. And I will tell them, say, you got to do it by this time and by this hour because God is coming back. 
But Jeremiah 6, 16 says, walk in the old paths and stay therein. But you know what the end of that verse says? They wouldn't do it. So I give you this. Death comes in many different ways. We should never let our guard down, church. We, should, we need to always be ready for the battle. Notice I didn't say battles. We're only in one. That's against Satan. There's only one battle. Remember what King David told his best friend, Jonathan, in 1 Samuel chapter 20 and verse number 3. This verse of Scripture should be the one that everybody in here highlights, underlines, and puts it into Bible memorization. Because of the fact that at, uh, at this time, King David is giving a stern warning to his best friend. He says these words. And remember, David swore moreover and said, Thy father, talking about Saul, thy father certainly knoweth that I have found grace in thine eye. And he saith, Let not Jonathan know this. He said, Don't let Jonathan know this. But he did. He said, lest he be grieved. But truly as the Lord liveth, and as the soul liveth, there is but a step between me and death. There is but one step between me and death. One step is all it is. And I heard these preachers and I heard what their 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 dilemmas. And I would share I was, he was they was telling and they and they asked me, they said, You have that. And I, I went through some, you know, we sat there and we talked over some of some of the stuff. I praise God that we don't have that type of battles that some of these men of God that were here this past uh, Monday are going through. It would break your heart. And they got up here and preached the Word of God so valiantly and everything and so just robust for the Lord. But let me tell you something, church. The loneliest job that's known to man is the job of a preacher. I don't consider it a job. I consider it a privilege. But it's lonely. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. Don't everybody flood my phone call, uh, my phone with calls or anything. I'm not saying, well, the preacher's lonely. We need to call. I'm not saying that. I'm saying it's just a lonely job. And here's why. It's because the battles that you come up with, you can't tell nobody to, nothing about it except Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. When you can find me, you won't see it on a billboard. And I promise to God, you won't never see it on Fox News 8. I don't know. I don't understand. Here's the thing. They can't say it regular. Fox News 8. No, they have to go to Fox News 8. I'm... Here's my thing, dear church. I say this in closing. I go back to what I said earlier. When was it? The last time that you got up on Sunday morning, Sunday night, or Wednesday night, and you said to yourself, I'm glad that I get to go to the house of the Lord. Or are you saying, are you saying, I got to go down there and listen to the preacher? 
I got to go down there and listen to what's going on down there. I'm telling you, church, there's going to come a day and there's going to come an hour when you stand before God and you have to give an account for your life. How will you stand? How will you stand? Because I'm going to tell you, it'll come up. As Sister Ines comes, why don't you just do a self-evaluation this evening? It's after 12 now. This evening. How you stand? She's going to play just as I am. Without one plea. How are you? It's my question. How are you? Just as I am, without one plea. Friend, have you trusted in Jesus as your personal Savior? The Bible says, today is the day of salvation. Romans 10.9 tells us, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. If you have called upon Jesus today, you are now a brother or sister in Christ. We would love to hear from you. You can email us at redeemingbloodministries at gmail.com or visit us on Facebook at facebook.com slash redeemingbloodministries.